when you build that rapport and you have a true relationship with the business, word of mouth, right? That can be your best advertisement beyond a web page or beyond that. People are outright suggesting you because of the experience that they had. That that is a a resource that is immeasurable in value, right? Welcome to Audience First, a podcast for tech marketers looking to break out of the echo chamber to better understand their audience and turn them into loyal customers. Every week, Danny Wolf has brutally honest conversations with busy tech buyers about what really motivates them, the things they hate that vendors do, and what you can do about it. Get access to practical information on how to build authentic relationships with your audience. Listen to and talk with your buyers and apply real customer insights to your strategies and tactics. You owe it to the world to unmute your mic. Are you ready? Welcome to another episode of Audience First. I have a special guest with me today. A good friend, actually, John Gates. John, welcome to the show. Hey, Danny, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I'm not going to introduce you. I won't do justice there. So, John, why don't you tell me who you are, what do you do, and why the hell do you do it? <laughs> yeah, I currently uh, work in uh, global incident and threat response. Um, why I do it? That's a lovely, that's a wonderful question. Because <laughs> we're a little crazy, right? I, I don't know. Um, I, I just like the idea. I love computers. I always have since I, you know, from a really young age. Um, was programming at about 12, 13 years old and um, interested in everything a computer does and, and the things that you can make it do that, you know, wasn't wasn't really designed to do or planned. And the idea of protecting a company, its investments and data is just something that's attractive to me. I enjoy the, uh, the challenge of the hunt, right, for threats. I, I enjoy uh, keeping uh, data secure, you know? That's, yeah really a, a big part of it. You've been in the industry for some time. What do you hate most about the industry? As far as the industry goes with people, the, the community is really awesome. Um, one thing that uh, is kind of bad is the uh, there's excessive drinking at times. <laughs> some of the events and things like that. So that gets colorful. But just the industry as a whole, I think that there are a lot of people out there that are just out for the dollar, right? They're out for the dollar sign. They're not, they're not looking to gain a relationship with a company or, you know, a set of people. They're just out to make as much money as they can and not necessarily address a customer's true need or look at, you know, what they really need help with. Cause a lot of times what you're selling may not align to, to every business that you reach out to, right? So that that's kind of that's what I hate about the industry. And the other thing that a hundred percent secure or you put our box in and, and you don't even have to worry. You can sleep at night, that, that kind of stuff, you know, just the, just the bull, the BS marketing that goes on is another thing I kind of hate. How do you recommend that, you know, a marketer or a seller get to know your needs better? Well, there's a little bit, like I said, I came from education and I was building credit card processing systems and things like that, um, which really got me, you know, lunged into security. I always had an aptitude for it and wanting to know how things work, breaking it down to the smallest parts and things like that. But 
in this, uh, I'm just trying to think in this uh, industry as a whole, you really, you have to know how to approach. Like I work for a fortune 500 company, right? So you can reach out to me. Like if you want to have a, you know, personal relationship or talk to me about InfoSec, I'm totally on board, but you can't just reach out to somebody that works for the company and have a conversation and try to align that to a sale. With most Fortune 500s, you have to go to their website, find out how to get on their vendor list, right? And, and a lot of people in sales don't realize that. So I get tons and tons and inundated. My LinkedIn box is just loaded like daily with all of these things. And it's like, great, you know, like we connected. It was different. You weren't trying to sell me something or anything like that. We were just talking infosec right and interest in getting to know each other the other approach where people are just drilling hey you need our solution you need to put this in um i i just about want to put in the banner don't make sales decisions for my company i am not authorized to do it and a lot of times the sales people just they just don't understand how bigger companies work i think yeah it's a struggle yeah well, speaking of struggles, as a security professional right now, what's your one bleeding neck challenge? Um, with, with threat hunts and actionable data, right? It, that's one of the uh, struggle points, of course, is finding intelligence threats um, where there's actual information I can turn and put to you straight away. A lot of times it's sifting through you know, you just, it's like opening the fire hose on somebody at times and really um, more contextual based than what really applies to my business and what I'm doing now, because somebody that's attacking the federal government in those types of attacks, could they be leveraged in our environment? Probably, but is that really the, the kind of threats that are coming my way? You know, that's more just sifting through that in coming up with with intelligent threat hunts, right? And, and, and things that, that have value. Mm -hmm. So what's the what's the ultimate goal you're trying to achieve given all those challenges? To continue to keep data secure, right? Keep keep the bad guys out. Mm -hmm. Even figure out the bad guys are in before you necessarily know they're in, right? Yeah. Most things are reactive. Most most times you are triaging or reacting to a situation. I envision, like I, I dream of being able to proactively seek things out before they become a problem and be able to, to patch and keep a system at a normal state. Mm -hmm. Take me to kind of the day you finally said, okay, I really need to solve this challenge and I really need to reach my ultimate goal of keeping the data secure. What did you feel like? What was it like for you? I kind of want to understand a little bit of, of, of your experience when you said, okay, I got, I got to solve it, right? Right. Well, I mean, I still don't have it solved. It, it's, it's, uh, it's not something you snap your fingers and it's done, right? Things are great, are changing in everything. I mean, the, the moment I decided to do information security work, I guess, is when my, uh, when that question needed to be answered. And again, there's, it's just, a, it's a growing, changing thing. So I try to stay on top of things as much as possible and, and learn a, a new few things every day. 
how do you go about learning new things and what kind of intrigues you or uh, if anything, what type of learning is useful for you? I, I do a mix of things. I, I read a lot of books, like I'm reading this lovely little uh, Bible here. <laughs> wow. Analysis, right? So I like to read that, you know, just to understand how now we're, where writers are writing things, right? And how they're tailored and what kind of communication I might see across my network that might indicate that there there's a threat going on or a callback or command and control or anything like that. Yeah. Also, uh, peruse the dark web. And uh, there's a few a few good resources out there and things as well. But yeah, I just like to see what uh, what criminals are up to, right? Really, cyber criminals, what they're what they're going after, what's the new thing? Because, you know, it's a big money market, right? They're out to make money. Yeah, 100%. And I like that you showed me that practical analysis there and keyword on practical. And I think really what, you know, started our relationship was it, it stemmed from content, right? You had downloaded a, a guide and I had wanted to oh. know if that guide was at all helpful for you. And, you know, you gave very candid feedback, which was very useful for me and valuable. And, and that's when I realized as a marketer that we need to be creating more practical information for, for you or the, you know, for the audience in order for you to, you know, do your job better, learn new things. And I keep preaching this, that, you know, those who are taking a more practical, pragmatic approach are going to win these days versus the theoretical high level information that isn't necessarily teaching you anything new. Given all your challenges and, and the goals that you need to ch achieve, at what point do you go about researching a security solution to solve those challenges? How do you go about researching it? And how do you separate the wheat from the chaff, the good from the bad? Because there are so many solutions in the market right now. Yeah, it's a it's a big process. I mean, we most recently uh, just went with a, a sandboxing solution. So that took uh, probably about four to four to five months just to get, you know, go through Joe security box. I mean, there's so many, so many solutions out there like you're mentioning. But overall, um, I mean, it's just the the type of material that this vendor VMware came back with was just points on, right? It had focus points. It had what they did well, some things that they don't have yet, but they have on the roadmap and things like that. It was just very clearly defined. Um, that kind of, that made it uh, more of a definitive choice to go with them versus Joe Security, let's say. Um, yeah, it's just all in, in how it's presented. Um, what I don't like is, when it's out there and you really don't have a solution completely done, but yet it's sold at, you know, sold as a future. So yeah. the customer is going, you're setting the customer up for disappointment, right? Because you say your your product does A, B, and C, and it kind of does A, B is A in progress, and C is in Q&A right now, but it's not out there. Take me through, though, what you did to find that solution, and, and what did you think about during that journey to finding and evaluating the solution? Well, we knew what we needed, right? We wanted a place where, where without me having to dig in and like totally dissect a piece of malware, we could drop, you know, potential samples 
and have them run in a virtual environment, you know, so not just a static, but a dynamic type of testing and get a result. So knowing those were the things that we were specifically looking for, we started to look for solutions. And like I said, Joe Security is not a bad product. It just wasn't, it wasn't the right fit for us for a number of reasons. The, uh, the product we ended up going with also let you scan URLs and kind of sandbox a, a URL that you could visit as well, which was another feature when we first looked, I wasn't even really thinking about, but we end up using that every day. And were you kind of influencing the the, the buying process or did you have a team there with you to help? Oh, you? there's always a team involved. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how small our business, obviously there might be only one or two, but no, there, it's a team decision. Um, look at and you know once we get to a point where we have an NDA signed with somebody because of course that always this happens as part of the the vendor onboarding process do a proof of concept everybody's involved that's going to be using the solution so everybody gets input where do you all kind of spend time like what channels do you guys peruse or or look into when you're making those buying decisions yeah, I mean, it's a it's a series of searching, um, looking at the website, seeing if the website looks mature, right? It, it scrolls, it, it's it's got content that that I can sit and just glance and understand what the product is in, in a few page iterations. You know, you can tell sometimes just by the web presence alone, whether you want to continue even, even mm-hmm. looking at it. So yeah, that's how, a lot of how that's based or how we base it. That's an interesting insight. Uh, I mean, as I'm a digital marketer by trade, this is what I started in as as a marketer. Is digital marketing and web is is huge for me. It's my passion. So that's a really great insight. So, what are cardinal rules you think security vendors or marketers or sales, you know, that that they're breaking these days, in your opinion? Cardinal rules is like I said, they're they're selling things that don't exist, or they're claiming a hundred percent. You're going to be a hundred percent secure with their solution. I, I I don't like mislabeled and just utter it's utter lies. Um, the other thing is, when you're engaged with the vendor and they don't follow through or do what they tell you they're going to do, you don't get a call back or or you're ghosted for a while. Things like that happen a lot as well. And that's uh that's probably a, a bad thing. And companies that just, you know, I don't know, you get the smart used car salesman feel when you're when you're talking with them or whatever, and you just you know that they're not interested. It's all about relationship building, right? Because you don't just want to sell somebody something one time in the time. You want to have a relationship with that person or understand their true needs, what they're trying to accomplish in the moment. And we know in this industry that's never going to be a consistent thing. That's going to continue to evolve and change. And if you don't build a relationship with somebody, you're not going to, you're not going to see or grow necessarily and change with that business as it matures or changes. And that's going to put any person in, in sales at a disadvantage, right? Because you're not going to, you're not going to know the progression. So what applied when you talk to a customer, I don't know, a year ago, this is a whole new year, you know, a year goes by, you're back to square one with it. If you don't maintain some sort of communication and understand that in a lot of businesses, once you uh, sign on the line, right? It's like they disappear. Here's your solution. 
hope it's working for you and, and buy. I mean, that's really a lot of times how that works. What's the alternative to that? What what does good look like? What's, oh, what's well, that's, yeah. Keeping promises. <laughs> yeah. Staying in communication. Um, following through and, like I said, maintaining a relationship. Contacting, just reaching out to see, you know, what's going on. If anything's, you know, you need help with anything. Just, I don't know, being present, being genuine. And like I said, not lying and, and presenting things in a solid way and, and making sure you follow up when you say you're going to. I mean, when you, um, when you build that rapport and you have a true relationship with it, with the business word of mouth, right? That can be your best advertisement beyond a web page or beyond that people are outright suggesting you because of the experience that they had that, that is a, a resource that is, immeasurable in value, right? If somebody goes and, and actually brings you additional, you know, potential clients, but the ability to build those relationships out, um, that has a, that has a value as well. Yeah. And if you never made a sale with somebody, if they brought you 10 people that, you know, ended up, ended up needing a service and you were able to help them, you know, move their mission forward and accomplish things, it still works out. Yeah. A hundred percent. So here's where I want to have a little bit of fun. And this is my favorite part. Of, this is my favorite part of the show. Uh, I don't know. We've, I've, I think I've launched 10, 10 episodes already. And on every episode, we have the shit list quick fire. And yeah. And I've, I, it's awesome. I've curated, I've cured and I'm going to, I'm going to launch the best of, which is going to be a curation from all of the episodes so far to date of the one thing a vendor has done that has, you know, the worst thing they've done you've experienced from a vendor. I, I want, I want to dig into that story. If you have one, what is the worst? I, I, do, I, I do, but I have it from my uh, information security manager days in, in a K-12 environment. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The worst uh, scenario that we got into is we spent 1.7 million on a student information system. We were in routes. I spent a year of development time because we came from a mainframe system and we were converting that into a Windows-based student system. We got almost eight months in. We found out from this vendor, they didn't have a student scheduler at the time. They claim they did when we bought it, right? But there was no student scheduler. Well, without a student scheduler, you can't schedule students into courses and do things. You basically don't have a system. So we we lost a bit of money, a lot of time, and ended up having to, you know, cancel that contract, which really doesn't normally happen in that realm, but it did. And we went with a completely different um, student information system vendor, but a lot of time lost, a lot of bad blood with that one. Yeah. And that company's not in business anymore. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, look at that. And it stems back to, you know, what you had mentioned earlier is if you don't do it, don't sell it or don't market it, right? Exactly. Wow. All right, well, let's flip it on let's flip it on its head. What's one thing a vendor has done that has made you feel really good? What worked for you? Um, the vendor that we ended up going with was PowerSchool. Mm -hmm. So 
in the realm of going into that and getting on that system, I identified some vulnerabilities in their system. One thing that was really cool is rather than threaten to sue me, which has happened a lot, they actually embraced that, wanted to know how and, and what they could do to fix it. Um, they had a CISO, which was fantastic because a lot of student information system companies, at least, you know, back four years ago, they, were, they didn't even have a CISO or CIO necessarily in some of these companies, but they did. And like I said, their, their receptiveness, their willingness to, uh, to fix things and just overall the way that they handled it, I think, I think uh, they did pretty well. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, we're heading towards the end of the of the segment, and I want to know what's one thing you'd love to impart on on the audience today, the the listeners. Um, with information security as a whole, I'd say uh, keep studying, always uh, look for new things, and and you think you know everything in this business, you you don't know everything, and you're never going to. So you just have to continue to to do the best you can and definitely reach out to the community, the information security community on LinkedIn or Twitter or however you want to do that. They're a group of really, you know, they really are out to help people. And we, we definitely want to help in, in this uh, industry needs a lot of help in more areas than just the one that you're mentioning. I mean, we're, we're pretty broken still. So anyway, we can, help we, we definitely love to do that and helping you helps helps uh everybody in the end right oh yeah yeah 100 percent. well john this has been absolutely wonderful uh, uh, certainly you know you're welcome anytime and we're we're happy to have you also over at dr dark web show so we're excited yeah. about that totally looking forward to that well thanks again and you have a great day yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Audience First. If you like what you've heard, feel free to follow or subscribe to Audience First on Apple, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast streamers.